You're tuned into the Chug LLP's podcast. We are a full-service legal, immigration, and tax firm with a global outlook. We partner with businesses to deliver innovative, customized solutions to their most pressing challenges. Join us as we tackle some pertinent issues. Welcome to Thursday with Chug. I'm your host, Sasha Preston Suni. So today we're going to talk about estate planning. Estate planning is super important, no matter your age or how many assets you have. It can help you avoid taxes and legal issues, and it ensures that your assets get passed on to the people and the organizations that you care most about. This week, we're going to dive into why exactly estate planning is so important, what steps you should take to get started, and more. I'm excited to welcome our guest this week, attorney Min Luong onto the show. She's super experienced in this topic. Thanks for joining us, Min. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks for hosting and thanks for having me here. Also, thank you all to our audience attending. I know everyone is super busy, but estate planning is such an important topic and I'm really glad everyone could be here today. Great, thank you, Min. So before we begin, I'd just like to remind everyone, this conversation is for informational purposes only, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. So Min, to get started, could you tell us what is an estate plan exactly? Yes, thank you, Sasha. Estate planning is the process where an individual or a family arrange for the transfer of assets in anticipation of death. It's also a plan for in the event of that's when someone is unable to manage his or her own financial affairs or make his or her own personal decisions due to physical disorder. For example, you get into a car accident and you're rushed to the hospital. Who's going to make decisions on your treatment plan? Who's going to talk to the doctor? And if you're there for a long period of time, who's going to pay your bills your mortgage, who can enter into contract on your behalf. So it's a plan for what happens to you and your things. It helps ensure that your wishes are carried out. It also prevents fighting between your beneficiary or your children. It prevents lawsuits. It provides instructions. It names a person, a group of people, or even a professional to carry out your wishes. One of the main purpose of estate planning is to preserve the maximum amount of wealth possible for your intended benefit, not to waste it on taxes and fees and court costs. Great, thank you. So it sounds like estate planning is really crucial. Who would you say needs an estate plan? Yes, so they're not Sasha, Almost everyone does. State includes everything you own. For most people, they consider it their house, but it also includes everything inside your house. It includes your car, your bank account, furniture, personal possession, such as watches and jewelry. So some people think that estate planning is just for the rich, those who are really old or those who are retired, but that's not the case because as I've explained, Everyone has an estate, accidents happened. We know that death is unavoidable. 
though we don't know when it's going to happen, but it is going to happen. So everyone should be planning for this event that will occur. A lot of my clients have minor children and they need to plan for their plan for what will happen in the event that they pass away. It's such an important decision. Who is going to help raise your, your child when you're not there? You want to nominate a guardian and not let this be left to the state to, this, to decide. So in short, everyone should have an estate plan. At the very least, everyone should have a conversation with their attorney or professional to make sure that their wishes will be followed in the event that um, their, their death happens. Absolutely. Okay. So even though it's not the happiest topic, it sounds like estate planning really is really important for everyone. Everyone should have an estate plan. I know a lot of our viewers are probably wondering documents are actually included in an estate plan. Yes. So a complete set of estate plan is highly customized, but it generally has four documents, a living trust. The second is a will. The third is a healthcare directive. And the fourth is a power of attorney, power of finance. Depending on your asset, it may also include the deed to transfer title into the trust. Okay. I know you mentioned both wills and trusts, both of which are really popular estate planning tools. Can you explain to our viewers a little bit what the difference is between a will and a trust? Yes, thank you. So both documents for instructions after your death. Both documents say who will the process and the time by which one is different to documents. For wills, it doesn't take effective. It's not effective until you pass away. Also for wills, if the value of asset is more than right now, it's 160, 150, but um, legislature change it all the time. Um, if it is less, then you can avoid probate with a small estate affidavit. But if it's more, then you would have to probate the will. Probate means that you have to involve the courts and probating the will with the courts. This process is really long. They say that it takes a minimum of six months, but in actuality, it can take years. This process is public. Everybody is notified and your assets are tied up. So your children, your assets until the court says that they can. The process of probate is also very expensive, much more expensive than setting up and doing estate planning before. There are statutes, there are court costs, there's attorney fees. A trust, on the other hand, never has to be probated. The trust starts right away as soon as you sign the document. And then you can start transferring assets into the trust. So this trust uh, makes transfer quicker and more efficient. Assets are transferred into the trust during the settlers. And settlers is another word for the person who's setting up the trust. It's transferred right during their lifetime. And during this lifetime, the during the settlers' lifetime, the settlers can manage the trust. And way the settler named somebody else um, and that's this named person managed the trust right away without 
court intervention. So a main difference is will doesn't go into effect until after the death of the person writing the will goes into effect as soon as you sign in a complete estate plan package. As I mentioned earlier, you'll have both the trust and the will. Most assets will go into the trust. Anything left over will be distributed by the will. And this helps and will ensure that the amount that has to be probated or the amount inside the will is less than the statute. You can avoid the court interaction. Some people like to take shortcuts and they just want to draft a will. However, that's not advisable because you still have to go to court and probate it and the process will be longer. Great. Thank you for that overview, Min. So I know a lot about trusts and I know that there are kind of a couple different types. So I was wondering, could you tell us about the different types of trusts? Yes, yes. There are many different types of trusts. The most common type of trust is the revocable trust. So that's where the settler, the person who's setting up the trust, um, can make changes as long as they have mental capacity. It's revocable in that they can revoke it, change their mind the next day. As long as they're alive, they can set it up and they can use the asset in the trust and it's not a problem. They can set up the trust, assign beneficiary and determine the distribution. The next day they can change their mind, add somebody else to the trust, take somebody out of the trust, change the beneficiary amount. It's living, it changes all the time. So that's what's meant by a living revocable trust. The other type of trust is an irrevocable trust. So the, the revocable trust could be changed until you lose mental capacity or until you pass away, then this trust becomes irrevocable, which means that you cannot make any more changes. It's done. So, so those are the two main types of trust, a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. Okay, great. Thank you, Min. So one of the first steps to creating an estate plan is understanding which assets you have. How can people take an in? Why is this step so important? Yes. So for a trust or will to be valid, having the documents must have mental capacity. It's presumed that people are capable of making these decisions. But of course, it could be challenged. And to prevent this from being challenged, I generally have a conversation with clients. And it's important for me to gauge that the client knows who their families are, who their beneficiary are, and what assets they have. If you can have this conversation, then more likely than not, you're mentally capable of making these decisions. So, to, and that prevents lawsuits from happening later on. I like to advise my client to write down all their assets. So all their bank accounts, all their 401ks, all their homes, all their rental property, you need to take an inventory and write it down and include this in your estate plan so that your trustee, the person that you assign to manage your assets when you pass away, knows what's included in your estate. This helps them so when you're no longer there, they can't turn to you and ask, hey, what other assets do you have? A, a clear list is already written and included in the estate plan. That sounds like a key step and something that our viewers will want to make sure they carefully do. So thanks for that overview, Min. I know it's also really important when conducting estate planning to think of your family's needs. 
you know, they are one of the biggest reasons you're conducting this planning process in the first place. So Min, what are some of the family considerations that our viewers might want to plan for? Yes, thank you. So I've, I've touched a little on this at the beginning, but for families with minor children, it's very, very important to consider who will take care of your minor uh, children if something happens to you. Don't get involved. It's better that you nominate and have a discussion with whoever it is that you want to be the guardian. It's also important for families to consider their the beneficiary and, and the distribution. Are the beneficiaries older? So they could get the distribution, the assets, one lump sum right away when you pass away. Or are the beneficiary younger and it should be distributed in stages? For example, when children turn 25, they can get 25% of the asset. Then another 10 years, they'll get another 25% of the asset. Then another 10 years, you know, gradual distribution instead of one lump sum. It's also important to know more about the beneficiary. Who is receiving, who, who are they? Are they receiving social benefits? Because naming them as a beneficiary on your trust may prevent them from getting social benefits in the future. Families should also consider assets in other countries and overseas and what they should do with that because trusts and estate planning in the United States doesn't cover properties outside of the United States. Families should talk about who their successor trustee will be. Mention when you're alive, you can be the initial trustee and you manage the trust assets. But when you pass away, who do you want to manage your trust and the assets? Do you wanna name a loved one? Or do you think that's too much responsibility? Do you think that would cause conflict among the children? Should we hire a corporate trustee? They're professionals. Times, people also want to consider their pets. Pets are normally or often forgotten. But what will happen to your pets if you pass away? Do you want to name someone to take care of your pets? This could also be done in the state plans. Great, thank you, Min. So some of our viewers may not know that while your will and your trust spell out your wishes, these documents may not actually cover everything. Which policies and accounts should our viewers to make sure they have the right benefit? Right. Estate planning and assets outside the United States. For those, we should talk to a professional and see how we could manage that in our, our estate plans. Trusts and wills won't cover property that are jointly owned with right of survivorship. Assets that has a designated beneficiary. For example, a life insurance policy, where if you pass away, you name a beneficiary who will receive the, the payout as soon as you pass. That won't be covered under the trust. 401k annuities, stuff with designated beneficiary will not be covered in the trust. Trust won't cover properties that are jointly titled with right of survivorship. And again, it won't cover property and assets in other countries. So it's important that if you have these assets that you check to see who the beneficiaries are. And also you should check to see if there is a successor beneficiary. So if your name person isn't available or no longer alive, who should it be passed to? 
That's great information. Thanks for that, Mitch. Just a quick reminder that this show is provided for informational purposes only and does not create a relationship. So we've got a question from our audience coming in. One audience member is wondering, what is the power of attorney? Could you take that one, Min? Yes, thank you, Sasha. So a power of attorney is one of the documents in the state plan. It's a document that gives a third party uh, legal authority certain financial decisions for you. This document allows for someone to pay your bills, pay mortgages, make investment choices, enter into contracts on your behalf. This document must be notarized. And usually it's it starts operating or it's only valid when you're not able to make decisions for yourself. Generally a doctor or that you need it and it stops working or it's not valid anymore once you pass away. Okay, that sounds like a really important document to have. Another viewer is asking us, what is a healthcare directive? Yes, thank you. So the directive is another one of the documents from our estate planning package. It's a legal document that allow an individual to plan ahead to get the medical care that they want. It helps avoid unnecessary suffering and help caregivers with some of the decision making when you're not a decisions for yourself. Write down what you want to with your body, whether or not you want uh, prolonged life treatment. What do you want to do with your remains? You don't want to burden your loved one and awkward conversation and fighting in the hospital when your loved ones are there and they, and they don't know. You have so many kids and one child wants to do this, one child wants to do this. this document provides for clear instructions of what to do relating to your health. Wow. So I know a healthcare directive is not something that many of our viewers want to think about, but it is an important document that needs to be addressed. Now I know things can change. Laws can change. Your family may change. When should you update your estate plan and why would you want to? Do yes. So the law is constantly changing and your family is constantly changing. I normally advise my client and they should reach out to me whenever there's a big major event in their family. For example, a death or a birth of a new family member. So you should reach out and we can make amendments or changes to your estate plans. Any single time that you want to take somebody out of your trust or will, any single time there's a divorce in the family, you may want to revise or look at the policy. And if nothing happens, then I still advise you to update it once every five years because of the new laws, we want to make sure that we're maximizing the benefits for your beneficiary, maximizing the wealth and not just having it all go to taxes and the value of tax, the amount, it changes every year, every couple of years. So for, for trusts, as I mentioned, the revocable one, the settlers can wake up and change their mind. So it could be they could make changes anytime that have capacity. Major changes, you should contact your attorney and we'll go over it. Minor changes, such as you bought a new house, you bought a new car, you don't have to contact us. You'll just update that list of assets that we talked about earlier today. Just write that in and then to let your trustee know, hey, I have new assets. You should talk to an attorney if you're buying new property, to make sure that that property is funded into the trust. So creating a step process. The first step is writing the trust and getting it signed. The second step is funding the trust. So making sure that 
the title of the property is in the name of the trust is the second step. And that's oftentimes overlooked. And if you contact us whenever you make a new house purchase, we'll make sure that it's in the trust. That's really helpful to know. And that's a good reminder that tax savings are a really important component of the estate planning process. So thanks for that reminder. And you kind of touched a little bit on my next question. It kind of leads in perfectly. So our team here at Chuga LP has a really experienced team of attorneys that specialize in estate planning. And for our viewers who are wondering, could you let us know how does someone create an estate plan exactly? And is it necessary to work with an attorney? It, it is necessary to work with a professional. There are a lot of steps that needs to be taken. And we wanna make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's. We, we don't want to have your trust be invalid 20 years later when you're no longer here. You know, it's better to have peace of mind. It's also, a lot of people don't know that some of these documents have to be notarized. You can just write something and you think that it's set. And then later on, it's not notarized and the court says, well, it's not valid. Or you write something and then later on, people can challenge your trust or your will, saying that it's not valid for some reason. So having an attorney or a professional will give you peace of mind and will make your trust more valid. Oh, great. Thank you. So I know a lot of our viewers will want to get started on protecting their assets after hearing this talk that you've really shared the urgency and the importance of getting involved with estate planning as soon as you possibly can. Could you shed a little bit of light on what happens if you don't have a plan? Yes. So if you don't have a plan, the state has a backup plan for you. If you don't have a trust, then as I mentioned, there's this will. If you don't have a trust, then the state will have a will for you. It's a backup will and each state is different, but the state wishes may not be your wishes. So I'm not comfortable having someone else dictate what will happen to my or to me if I pass away. So I rather make the decision for myself instead of leaving it up to the state. Absolutely. So we are nearing the end of our conversation here. We've got just a few minutes left. And I noticed that we've gotten a couple questions from our audience, which I would love to have you help us out with here, Min. First question is, how can you transfer a business to your successor? Yes, so that, that's very, very important. Business succession is very important to consider what will happen to your business after you pass. And that's something that you should talk to an attorney about. The shares that you have in businesses could be put into the trust. So the trust could own the share and then your uh, beneficiary will own the shares. Great, thank you. And the next question that we got, this person submitted kind of a few related questions here. So they're wondering, how do you revise your estate plan? Can I make amendments? Do I have to contact the attorney or can I make the changes on my own? I definitely recommend contacting your attorney to make amendments. Amendments are possible to make. You can revise your estate plan at any time you want, but there are formalities. When, after you write a trust, some of the formality may include making sure that your changes are written 
making sure that there are witnesses when you sign, making sure that it is notarized. And if the changes are major, instead of doing an amendment, you can restate and completely redo a new trust. There are minor changes that you can make on your own. For example, you bought a house or you open up a new bank account and you could put this in your schedule of assets and you just add it to your trust. But I recommend talking to a professional. Great. Thank you for that, man. That was super informative. So that brings us to the end of our conversation here. We don't have much time left, but thank you so much for joining us today. And please join us back here next week for more pressing topics that truly matter to you and your business. Until next time, please stay safe and take care. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about our work, please visit our websites at www.chook.com for legal and immigration and www.chook.net for tax. Be sure to subscribe to get regular business insights from the Chook LLP team.